Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we are here for another week, which is very exciting, especially considering the podcast that I have lined up for you today. Now, you guys know the podcast is experiencing some changes and we want to grow and expand it. And the best way I could think to do that was to start incorporating guests into the podcast. So once a month, I'll be talking to someone really, really interesting who has really great insight to share with us so we can learn from their experiences, learn from the stories that they tell, learn from what they've been through so that we can all create the most incredible lives for ourselves. Now this podcast first guest needed to be someone really, really great and I knew it would have to be Alex. I met Alex at the self-care company Candle Making Workshop as you guys were about to find out and as soon as I met him I knew he was the first person I wanted to have on. I knew he was a conversation that I needed to have. Now Alex is the founder of Nini Organics which is an award-winning eco-luxury skincare brand. It's incredible. I've never utilised like organic skincare ever before. It's just never really been on my radar and I've tried their serums and they are beautiful. And his journey into creating his own brand has been really, really interesting. Now this conversation is really, really special and I've I just loved recording it. You know, when you're having a conversation with someone, you just instantly feel at ease. You instantly feel like you've known them for so much longer than you actually have. And I love those types of conversations because I think you'd stop with the small talk. You start actually chatting about the things that really matter. And I think that's when you truly start to learn from each other and learn about each other's experiences. And I think there is so much to learn from just having conversations with other people, because if you can learn from their mistakes and their successes if you can learn about how they have managed to find and create a life that they really love then that's something truly brilliant i hope you love this podcast episode as much as i did i was a little bit nervous recording it i've never done guests before but this one couldn't have gone better and i'm so excited to share it with you make sure you are following alex on instagram at nini organics and i can't wait to tell you what they have planned but anyway enjoy the podcast episode and i'll be back to just me on my own next week i love you here you go So today I'm joined here with Alex, who's had a really interesting career and I'm really excited to speak to and help as my first guest. When I was thinking about the different guests that I wanted to have on the podcast, you were someone that really stuck in my mind. We met at the Candle Co. workshop and the thing that you said that really stood out to me was when we were going around the circle and we were all talking about the different things that we wanted to change in our lives and you said there was nothing specifically about you that you wanted to change because you'd really actively curated a very balanced life Mm -hmm. around yourself Mm -hmm. and not in like an egotistical way but in a way that you had been very aware of the life that you wanted to create and you were really active in creating that way and I thought that's what I need to do because (laughs) I don't necessarily have that right now I don't have a very balanced I feel like my life isn't very balanced I feel like there's a lot of things going on and it's not it's not it's not flowing as well as I would like it to and that's why I'm really excited to talk to you today so before we get into talking about how you've had a balanced lifestyle and how you've managed to create the life that you've spoken about, that you're going to speak about today. Mm. I think the thing that's really important to know about your present is your past and how that's impacted you. So if you could just tell us a bit about where you come from, your background, and who that has made you into who you are today. This is exciting. Um, Well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, for one. Absolutely loved meeting you at the Self Care Co. event as well. Um, Okay, so my background where did I come from so I am from North London through and through so a little place called Crouch End if anyone knows it so I grew up there in a household that was very loving so I have my mum my dad my brother my sister and the youngest child and we had a little dog at the time called Dylan lol absolutely hated me (laughs) um 
So I basically really enjoyed my own time when I was a child. I, I, I kind of found a lot of comfort in finding little nooks and crannies of my, of my, uh, where we lived and just like hiding away mm -hmm. and like exploring my own imagination. And I think by doing that kind of allowed me to like kind of like wander into Narnia mm -hmm. like, and Wonderland, like just, just to find this kind of excitement that I was like, wait, what is this? But I found it within like running away from everyone else and just finding little mm -hmm. dens. I used to make little dens and stuff. So I used to just find these places and just be me. Mm -hmm. And I think that ultimately comes down to me being gay as well mm -hmm. and not understanding what that was when I was like a kid. But me running away and finding these little places and like being in my own imagination made me feel super free and super alive. Mm -hmm. So my parents never stopped me from doing anything. You know, they were such supportive parents in the sense that they didn't really care about anything. <laughs> they never made me do homework. They never made me do this, never made me wear that. They always were just like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. You know, it was always kind of yes, yes, yes to those things. It was always no to, can I have this? Mm. It was like, no, you can't, no, you can't. But it, mainly things were just like yes in terms of life and doing mm -hmm. things. Like, And I was a gymnast as well. So I was a very sporty, happy, go lucky kid. Mm -hmm. um, I loved Barbies. Mm -hmm. You know, I played with Barbies. Little Mermaid Ariel was my girl. <laughs> so I had her every single doll down. Mm -hmm. And I think by entering the world of being binary here, girl land, mm -hmm. it really opened up this colourful world. Because boy land, back in the 90s, was very much like action men, fighting games, football. Mm. Like I'm being very stereotypical and binary yeah. here because that's what it was in the 90s. But girl land was bubbles, playful, fun, mm -hmm. imagination. Like you can just be whatever you want to be, you know? There was no, like, limits. Mm. So I always had this kind of playful, colourful world at my fingertips because I would I entered girl land, basically. Mm -hmm. And then how did you feel, like, how did that change as you got older into your teenagers, or did that manage to stay with you? Because I think that's the thing that a lot of us lose, is that childlike, and I think it's something we'll definitely speak about later on in the podcast, mm. that inner child that we have within us. Mm. But I think something I've noticed is when I look back to my childhood, I was similar in the sense of, I always, I didn't, I liked spending time on my own and mm. I liked like reading and being in my own little world type thing. But then as I started to become a teenager, I kind of, I became more social. I was with other people, but I think I lost that kind of creative kind of, this is why I started the podcast again, because yeah. I felt like I needed some more of a creative outlet that I had just had like died a little bit through yeah. education. So how yeah. did you... Like how did that transition in your teenage years? Well, I mean, I very much transitioned the way that I was living my life at home into school. That's mm -hmm. why I didn't really do very well at school. Mm -hmm. um, and also at the time when I was in year, what is it, seven, eight and nine. Uh, so like year, the, the younger years, like the primary school, the infants, mm -hmm. you know, up to year six. I just, you know, all you did was play Kiss Chase, you yeah. know, just have fun with your friends. You did school. I never really took to the learning side of school. I didn't mm -hmm. like it. I loved art. I loved acting. I loved the, the, the kind of the PE, the playfulness of school. But I hated all the um, 
the what's it called the educational side to mm-hmm. it it's like the English the maths maths and me absolutely mm-hmm. no funny because I'm a formulator now that I have to use maths <laughs> but I get that maths it's really weird yeah. I look at it as magic you know yeah but I very much hold and this is gonna sound so funny I very much hold Matilda I think because I'm like a 33 year old man <laughs> I'll say this but I hold Matilda as such an inspiration for me mm-hmm. especially back then when I was younger like the way that she created heartbreak out of magic, uh, turned heartbreak into magic, mm-hmm. really got me going. And that's what helped me go through school because I had a lot of, like, I was bullied a lot from being, like, too feminine, too girly. Like, some people called me gay. I didn't know what that was in that, you know, year seven, eight. I didn't really know what that was just then. So, like, I got bullied a little bit, but I held on to the magic that I had within me from those days of escaping and just mm. being like finding that happiness that I created for myself you know I never looked outside for I always found it within and um when I was in secondary school things changed changed dramatically for me because I got acne Mm -hmm. you know and that was one of those moments in my life where I was like why me Mm -hmm. you know because already I felt already I was gay Mm -hmm. and I knew what gay was at that point so I was like okay well I'm gay and Mm -hmm. that you can't be gay in this world Mm Little did me know. Um, and then I was short. I felt like I was too short. So mm-hmm. I wanted to stretch my legs. And then I felt like I had a big nose as well. And then on top of that, I got acne. So I was like, oh, why me? Mm-hmm. You know? And then I just hid. I hid. I went, I retreated back into that space of being in my own world. Mm. I found comfort there and I didn't want to see anyone. So I was such an introvert at that point. But I was such an extrovert before that point. Mm, so it was a massive character change. Oh my God, it was a huge character change. Like huge. But I always held on to magic, you know. Mm. And I, I do, I do put that down to... Matilda, like watching these films as a kid, like all about magic, you know, like Death Becomes Her, yeah. uh, Matilda, Practical Magic, all these really fun films is all about that kind of lifestyle escaping, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, when I got acne, it was a horrible situation for me, but I have to put it down to being one of the best things that ever happened to me, obviously mm-hmm. from creating my own skincare brand. But in that moment, you don't think about those things. You don't no. think about the future. You think about the now. So then, after that went, mm-hmm. uh, my acne got, uh, 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 went, like got cleared up from Rakutane. That's when I became a little bit more extroverted. But I still wasn't comfortable with who I was as a person. I still didn't know who I was as a person. I didn't know, really, am I truly gay? Like, I didn't really mm. know. Um, you know, and certain things happened that still shied me away from life. But then as soon as I left school and and worked in Harrods, that's when my life kind of began. That was from 18 onwards. Mm. That's when my life really did begin. That's when everything kind of that's, set off. Yeah, that's when my extrovertness just came out and I was social to no avail. Like I was like beyond. <laughs> I was like, hello. I am ready. I am ready. I'm here. I am here now. When you look back to school, what do you think were the... Did it kind of transition into at your home life as well? Or was there definite, you kind of... Because I remember at school, I was really... I don't know why. I was, like, confident in year seven and eight. And then something happened where I became, like, very aware of the older kids around me. Mm. And I became... And I don't know why, but I became really, really shy. And, mm. like, I would walk around different routes of school to avoid mm-hmm. them. I just didn't want to see people because I knew... I never got directly bullied. And I know I'm very lucky because of that. I wasn't bullied and everything kind of... I was okay in school. I didn't mm-hmm. struggle in that sense. But I was like hiding from different people around mm-hmm. the area because I just didn't want the attention on me. Mm-hmm. And I hated it when everyone was looking at me. And I remember just really... If I ever got an award at school, like that was worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. I remember winning this like running thing and 
they like made a special announcement for me in front of the entire school and they made me stand up and I went bright red. I hated the experience. Mm -hmm. I didn't actually want the attention. And I just remember in that moment, that should have been something I was like, so proud of myself. Mm -hmm. I hated it. But I, but I think that that's because secretly deep down, there's, there's a part of all of us that loves attention. Mm. We all love attention, right? So when you said that you used to avoid walking certain ways around school for mm. people, I used to do the same thing. Mm. I used to avoid it. And the reason why I avoid it is because I wanted to be part of their crew. I wanted to be I wanted to be them, if mm. in, in essence, right? So when you avoid that situation, it's almost like you want to be so part of it that you 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 feel sick to your stomach that you have to avoid it. Do you know what I mean? That's I'd never thought yeah. about it that so way. So by you having that award being given to you in front of everyone, you want to be so part of that celebration of like, oh my God, yes, that's me. I did that. Look how I'm so proud. Look at me. But at the same time, you you felt so sick to the core that you were getting this attention that you were like, uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm going red. I can't cope with mm. this. And I felt the exact same. Like I remember so many times I wanted to be the lead in the show you know, but I couldn't because mm. I was just so embarrassed by what people would think. Yeah. And it all comes down to what people think. And I tell you now, people don't think. They don't care. I mean, in school, it's a bit different. You know, everyone has an opinion about somebody. But school is school. School's a rite of passage. You have to go school's through it. School's a weird experience. It's a weird experience. About it. Exactly. And for everyone, it's a weird experience. But as soon as you leave school, it's, the world is not the same as school. No. School... All I'll say is take school for what it is, but don't actually hold on to anything in school. You could peak in school. Yeah. Like you could be the 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 A-list celebrity in school, but as soon as you leave that kind of platform, no one knows who you are. No, no one cares about your status in school. No. Everyone's like, sorry, what? You were prom king. Great. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Let's let's move on now. Yeah. So like with when it comes to the real world that's where you really want to make your mark that's where you don't feel embarrassed when you get an awards that's where you really take everything in your stride that's where you walk the path that you want to meet people in mm. you know you don't avoid anything in school i understand it can be completely different because for me like what you said it's just one of those things that i want to be so part of something that it it it, it drawed me in so and made me run away so far away from it because i felt like i wasn't good enough or worthy yeah. to be part of that something i never felt and this is something that I've spoken about a lot of my therapists mm. in like the past couple of weeks, is the fact that sometimes I feel like almost there's like a wall between me and like other people. Like mm. I feel like an almost a detachment and I look about that in school and maybe that is where that would make sense of the embarrassment about me mm. winning things or me doing well. It was never a proud moment, it was always an embarrassed moment because I never felt like I belonged. I always felt like there was like this gap. Mm. Like I didn't really feel like I truly fitted in there. And I went to, I think my school experience was quite, like I went to a very, very small school. There mm. was 20 people in my year. There was, tw- it wasn't. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It oh my God, great. I think I had like a hundred people. Exactly, <sighs> which is what made it kind of strange because then I stayed there for sixth form, which in hindsight, that was a massive mistake. Yeah. I'm grateful that I was able to stay there because it was a private school and my parents were like, very grateful for that experience. Yeah. But... I, they told me to leave and I said no because I'm scared I don't want to leave this was my comfort area now because now I was the oldest now it wasn't scary now I didn't yeah. have to avoid different things now technically I was part of the school because like I was the oldest one so I feel like then you are do you know what I mean by mm-hmm. default when you're the oldest you kind of are the more confident you've got more ones. experience there exactly yeah. there's no one that's scary there but then when I left to university that was massive like mm-hmm. all of a sudden I wasn't only adapting to like being away from home for the first time, being independent. It was now I had to reinvent myself and I hadn't reinvented myself since year seven. Yeah. And I was like, who even am I? Yeah. Outside of your kind of, because the school, like outside of my idea of what the school thought I was, 
who was I out of that person? Yeah. And I had no idea. Yeah. And I think that's something that I struggled with. But you didn't go to university, no. did you? So what what was that transition period like? Because for me, uni was always kind of the expected thing. That yeah. like, It wasn't ever an option. So I yeah. want to know what your... But can I ask you a question? Who, is, who expects that from you? Your parents? See, this is the weird thing. My parents are very similar to you. I come from like very loving household, okay. two sisters. There was never an expectation okay, from cool. them. And I think they would have been very happy with whatever I'd chosen to do and they wanted me to take a gap year they didn't okay. want me to go to uni so was it friends or was it it was the teachers school? the teachers okay cool so that's interesting because I think the teachers saw in me this creativity that um academic can't teach mm. right creativity you can't teach creativity no, you, you can harness it but you can't teach it you, no one could teach Mariah Carey to sing like Mariah Carey. She just, it was a gift, yeah. right? No one could teach me to create my products the way that I create my products. It's a gift, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or for me to do the, you know, the drawing and stuff that I do. It's just a gift that I have, right? And we should all be super proud of the gifts that we have. There's a lot of shame in having these gifts as well because you don't want to be viewed as arrogant and stuff. But if someone's arrogant, they're arrogant, you know? Mm-hmm. If you're not an arrogant person, you don't have arrogant tendencies, you can never be arrogant, right? Even if you've got these gifts, you just can't mm-hmm. be arrogant because you're not an arrogant person. And we all know those arrogant people. And we all just put them to the side, right? But a gift is such a, a comforting thing that you have within yourself. So my teachers saw that I had a gift in the arts mm-hmm. and they never pushed me for the academic, right? And uni is all about academic, really. It's yeah. not about the arts. And as I went, uh, actually, I tell a lie, my drama teacher at the at the time, Miss Stable, shout out mm. to her, she was fabulous. <laughs> um, if she ever listens to this, <laughs> she, um, she really pushed me to go to Guildhall, the drama really? school. Yeah, and I, saw, I, I, I put on the application form for it and everything like that and I was like, okay, listen, I'm going to do this. Um... But I didn't. I actually didn't go. I'd done the whole application form. I actually didn't go because I got an agent elsewhere. I just got it from just, you know, going to the audition and getting the agent. So I was like, okay, I don't need the drama school, then I've got it. So when I was in sixth form, I started sixth form. Mm -hmm. I think I I picked media studies. It was so long ago. I'm 33 now. So long ago. I can't remember what I picked, but I'm pretty sure it was media studies, right? And I just remember walking in one day to school, uh, to sixth form, and just being like, I do not want to be here. There is not one ounce of my body that is excited or lifted or smiling right now about me being here. So I literally just marched up to the office, the head office or whatever at the time, and said, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And he was like, wow, okay. I mean, I can't remember verbatim what he said. Yeah. He was like, it's your choice, your choice. And I did, I left. And then two weeks later, if, I mean, I don't, my time is going to be yeah. all over, but two weeks later, roundabout, I was with a friend and we used to love to go to Harrods and just love looked around the perfume hall. I walked in there and um, there was a guy there and I was like, how'd you get a job here? And he gave me a number and the rest is history. Really? So what were you working as in Harrods? So um, I was in the beauty hall. So I was working on the perfume, um, which actually messed up my nose. If anyone's been to Harrods and been to the Black Hall, that's what it was called. I don't know if it's called the Black Hall still now. It's basically black tile. I know what you mean, yeah. And it had only fragrances in there. And my senses are like, through the roof, like I can smell anything. I know if anyone's wearing a synthetic fragrance, I know which I know what brand it is, I know what perfume it is, right? Mm-hmm. But um, it also made my nose very congested because it's so synthetically heavy, so heavily in synthetics. Mm. So my nose got really like allergy, like really? the, the allergies I got from 
working in that room was intense. But I was in there and it was a great starting point for me to work on some of the biggest brands, meet some incredible people. And then I went over to the skincare side, the White Hall, mm -hmm. which is a white tiled room mm -hmm. um, full of amazing brands and products. And then I worked there and then I worked, you know, a few other places in Harrods, but mainly it was beauty. And um, that's when my life started, honestly, 18. That's when my life started. Yeah, That's when my journey for where I am today really started. Was there ever a, because I think sometimes I have been led by this, like I said, going to university and doing what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. Mm. And I'm like happy in everything that I'm doing right now. So I'm mm. excited to start my job. It's nothing like that. But sometimes I wonder if I hadn't have thought through everything so much and I'd have just done what felt good in that moment, mm. where would I have been now? And mm. I think there's pros and cons of both. I think, yeah, it's really good if you're following where, what you want to do in that exact moment. But sometimes long term that you can't always do that. Yeah. You can't always make the easier or more love. Sometimes you have to do the hard things yeah. and that is tricky. Yeah. So was there always a kind of an end goal of you wanting to be in skincare and this could work towards that? Or did you just see what happens? Do you know what? Um, and that's a slide indoors moment. Mm -hmm. That's a complete, I, have you seen the film slide indoors? No. Okay, watch it. It's a great film, classic 90s, Gwyneth Paltrow. Perfect. She like either gets on the train or she doesn't get on the train, but you see both sides of the story. That's oh. why whenever you hear that saying slide indoors. I've never known what that meant. I know, well now you know. <laughs> it's like your podcast, You've Got Mail. It's like, oh my God, I know. you're picking all the cult classic moments. And I just don't know the You background. need to get on it. I need I to teach you all you this do. stuff. You definitely uh, okay, so watch Slide Indoors. It's it's a very it's not a very progressive film now. Mm -hmm. There's a there's very questionable bits in it. However, the concept is amazing, mm -hmm. right? So does she get on the train or she not get on the train? You see both sides of what happens when she does and she doesn't. Um, so it is that kind of situation of. Did I think I was going to be in beauty? No. When I worked for Harrods, no. Did mm -hmm. I love beauty? Yes. Was I following a passion and a desire to be in it? Yes. Mm. But no, I want to be an actor. So all I quickly worked out when I was working in Harrods is that everyone there was an actor or a performer. Really? Yeah, or a performer. Because we worked for this agency and the agency put you in on days that you could work to give you flexibility for you to be to audition and everything. Mm. So um, it just so happened that my time being there I mean, yeah, I was a good actor, but I think I gave up on that pursuit when I realised the industry is not the industry that you think it should be, no. right? So you kind of, you kind of quit, you either go for it and you work so many acting jobs and you never really make it, and when I say make it in quotation marks, I mean like an A-list celebrity, yeah. land that role of a lifetime, yeah. but you're always kind of doing things and you're living your fantasy and that's great, right? And I've got some friends that are doing that mm -hmm. and they're having fun. Do they still think that maybe that role is going to come? Yes. And will it come 100%? I'm hoping it will for them. If it doesn't, they're going to still enjoy their acting career, right? Yeah. But for me, I wanted that role. Yeah. I wanted that moment. You wanted the big one. I wanted the big one. I wanted to go in there. And it just, it just didn't happen. And it also wouldn't have happened because of the way the industry changed. How did it change? Well, it changed to how many followers have you got? What's your socials like? Really? Back then, it was, it was about your talent. Now it's about what other avenues can you bring attention to our film or didn't even TV show yeah it like it's that. all about that's the first thing they ask you now how many tiktok followers have you got how many really? instagram followers you have yeah it's not about your actual talent and some things are still about your actual talent but they're very far a few and far between and obviously nepotism's huge in the yeah. industry you know so like there was uh, you, you wouldn't stand a chance sometime for come up for a role like the classic case is the harry potter role like mm. you've got the role because his parents are in the are in like in TV, you know. He there are, there's so many other amazing people that could have played Harry Potter, but he got that role. Yeah, I mean, he's great as it, but he got the role because of the parents. It you was know? the connection. They it really was the had. connections. So 
There's one amazing story that I love so much about acting, right? Mm-hmm. That my friend um, told me when we was on set. We was doing this Ministry of Mount um, uh, advert for for Ministry of Sound, and it was so funny because she was like, "Listen, I was with the, I was at this audition, right? This girl had been training her whole life, and she wanted this role. Her whole life, she'd been training for this role. Wow. And it, I think it was for fame, I can't remember. Okay. And um, in the audition, she was the most experienced person. She went through all the school. She was the most experienced person. The person that got this role was found on the street who was having an argument with her boyfriend on the phone. And the casting director saw her and asked her to audition. She got the role. No, no other um, training in acting, dancing, singing, whatever. She got the role. Why? Because it's emotion. It's, 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 you've given that moment, right? Mm. So you can go through all the training you want. But if you don't, if you don't spark that bit of, I don't know, whatever that casting director is looking for, you're not going to get the role. And it could be given to somebody that that person has just seen walking down the road on the phone, have an argument, you know? <sighs> So it's one of those it's one of those moments with acting that I was like, okay, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. Mm. So if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. And the road that I'm going down now, it's actually happening. in a completely different way. I'm not going to get the A-list of role. Sorry, <laughs> you the, never know. The, well, you never know. You exactly. never know. You never know. I'm not putting myself out there for it, but I've definitely put myself out there for other roles that I've got, yeah. you know, within TV. So it is crazy. That is crazy. I digest, you know. Yeah. I can always, I can just talk for real. No, but it's so interesting. And I think especially because my listenership is in their like late teens to their 30s. I've got all this the is when, for them. This is what we need because this <laughs> is the thing. You kind of, you don't know what you're going to do. And I think right now what I think I'm going to end up doing is going to be, when you meet me when I'm 30, it's going to end up being nothing. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, I'm glad I did that because it taught me this, this and this. And yeah. then like keep changing. And yeah. I think one really interesting thing that I want to ask you is, in your life, I feel like everyone has that fork in their road where their life, all of a sudden, and it can be an emotional thing, a relationship thing, it can be something personal, or it can be career-based, where something happened and you were left with like two choices or you might have been at rock bottom and then you made the choice that changed everything or you changed your life in a way that changed everything. So I think when I went through my breakup and it was like the big bad one and I hit rock bottom, all mm. of a sudden I was like, I have lost myself. Mm. I have lost myself mm-hmm. in this relationship. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I even like. I don't have any friends. Like I haven't created a life for myself. I've just been living a life of someone else's mm-hmm. and I, oh, I need to stop. Now I need to work out who I am. Now I have this lockdown. I think lockdown for all that it was absolutely terrible. It made a lot of us pause and think like, mm-hmm. what is this? Mm-hmm. Am I happy? Mm-hmm. And I realized I wasn't happy. And then that was the kind of the moment which kind of set the foundation for You've Got Mail, even though that was like four years ago now. It was 2019. 2019 was four. I know. <laughs> that makes me feel sick. That makes me feel sick. So but quick, like, yeah, the years go. Literally, that was a kind of the point where I started to look into wellness and self-growth and started yeah. thinking about like, what can I do to make myself feel better? This anxious feeling I'm having all the time shouldn't be happening. Yeah. I need to, not that it's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I shouldn't just be comfortable with feeling anxiety all of the yeah. time. I need to learn coping mechanisms. Yeah. And that was the thing that set the foundation for, I think, what I have today. Yeah. So what do you think your moment was? Because I think we all grow up and then we have that moment where things change. Or maybe you don't, but I think most people do have that thing which kind of switch things for them. Do you know what? Mine was a gradual growth, a gradual change. Mm. There was, and also I want to say something about 
the saying, I always flip the narrative on things mm-hmm. and saying I lost myself. I like to say I disconnected from myself because you haven't lost mm-hmm. who you are. You're just disconnected of who you are. You, we all are innately who we are meant to be within, right? And I've been there, I've been in that rock bottom relationship where I completely disconnected with what I absolutely love and I gave all of that to somebody else and I gave them that moment for them to really build themselves up but I mm-hmm. had that disconnect. So for me, there was a moment like that mm-hmm. when I was with someone and I completely disconnected. I was like, who, like, what is this? Like, who am I? Mm-hmm. This is not me, you know? And I left that situation but in that situation that person went traveling they went to southeast asia they went to um they went all over right Mm. and for me i'd never in my life thought about going traveling Mm -hmm. i was 23 no 22 at this point right same age as me right now yes i was 22 and this person sat me down in their bed and we were living together and they said i'm going traveling sorry i've kept this for you i'm going for four months and you have to move out and it was as, as brutal as that, right? Why did you have to move out? Because we were living there and he owned the place. Oh, and he needs no. To move, he needed to rent the room out, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I had to move out. So I was like, wow. I, I didn't know how to take it at the time. But at the time I was working at Selfridges. And I was surrounded by no windows. I was surrounded... I was working on a brand that I really enjoyed. But I was surrounded by no windows. I had one saving grace. Her name was Jamie. Mm-hmm. Bless. Absolutely love her to this day. She's iconic and incredible. Jamie Davidson, if you're listening, love you. Um, anyway, so she was my saving grace. But mm-hmm. whilst this person was travelling around the world, I was standing in Selfridges thinking to myself, what the actual F? Yeah. This is not my life. This is not my destiny. I'm disconnected. Mm. I am disconnected. And then I was like, I'm worthy of going travelling. I'm worthy of experiencing life. You mm. know? Now, how dare you do this to yeah. me? Yeah. Completely ended it with the person. And then, that this is my fork. Me and Jamie were like, we need to go travelling. And I was like, I can't believe this is happening. And I manifest everything in my I life. I want to talk to you about yeah, this. Which we can talk about because, yeah. honestly, this is going to probably give most people that are listening to this chills with what I'll say about manifestation. But, um, cut a long story short, I had £120 in my bank account. Mm-hmm. Jamie messaged me saying, Alex, I booked my flights. You need to come meet me now. Go to STA, which I don't know exists no more. Is, is, oh, is Student it, Travel Agency. Yes, yeah. I don't think it exists no more. I think more. it does. Does it? Maybe or maybe like it's changed a trip. During lockdown, they, lo- they shut all their shops down. But anyway. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> it was huge back then. Right? Mm-hmm. Everyone went there to go travelling. So she was like, Alex, she called me up. Alex, you need to book these flights. Meet me at STA in Comment Garden. We're going to book them. I was like, okay, let's do it. I had £120 in my bank account, right? Twenty At this point, I was 23. Mm-hmm. Yeah? No, 23. Yeah, 23. Anyway, I, I meet, I get to STA. I put a deposit down of £92, right, for three major flights, one from UK to Bangkok, one from Kuala Lumpur to LA, and one from New York to home, right? Wow, you're three, doing a world trip. Yeah, three major flights, right? I put that deposit down. I had a year to, sa- to save money, right, mm-hmm. to go on this trip, because I was like, that's it, I'm doing it, it's mm-hmm. happening. Um, and then I 
saved money in that year. I got got major tax rebates out of nowhere. I, I made so much tips. I had so much, I, I had like this, I even got let go of a job that I was working on and, and I was jobless for two weeks whilst I was still trying to save money and then managed to get the most amazing job ever at that time. Made so much money and saved £7,000 in a <gasps> year. In a year. Well, not even, not even a and full year. And living in London. And... and living in, well, at that time I was at home with my parents so I okay, didn't pay yeah. rent. But, um, still, seven thousand pounds. Race, yeah, but my mum still made me pay some rent. Um, seven thousand pounds, and I had the best turning point trip of my life. If anyone is listening, I urge you all to go travelling. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it, the best thing. You need to experience life, mm-hmm. right? And to find truly what you love, you have to experience life. Right? Mm. You won't find what you love by just being bombarded with stuff. You need to bombard yourself with loads of stuff outside of your own comfort zones. You need to escape your comfort zones to really fall in love, right? And on on this trip in traveling, it was four months of pure magic. I met some of the most amazing people, best friends of mine still today, I speak to them today. Um, and I went with Jamie, you know, my saving grace from um, Selfridges at that time. And I had the best time ever. And do you know what happened? That ex of mine, came back and apologised to me for that day. Really? They sat me down on the bed and told me, you need to move because I'm going travelling. He apologised and said, I don't know how you dealt with that. Like, I'm so sorry that you that I put you through that. That was that. Um, so that, for me, was a massive fork. It was like, do I continue feeling this disconnect? Do I just hold on to the hope that this could be something? Or do mm. I take control of my life and go, absolutely not. I'm going to connect solely back to me mm. and find my fantasy. And that's what I did. When you, when you find that power to take on your own power, then you are unbeatable. I think that's so... Uh, what you just said about how travelling, how you have to bombard yourself with life to find out what you really love. Yes. I think that's really, really important because yes. I think... People are scared to leave their surround, and it ah. feels like you're breaking. Like I'm going to where am I going? I am going to Vietnam in September for Best a month. Best time of your life, and it's going to I be incredible. Vietnam. I need all of your travel tips yes. after this. I'll give them all to of you. them. <laughs> um, but I wasn't sure whether or not to go because I can't really afford it. And I was like living in London, and then all of a sudden I was like, I'm going. Like universe manifest this for me like abundant things are going to happen i get a tax rebate of 500 pounds i found out i have 1500 in savings that i didn't know about that's been hidden from me since i was like and all of these things i was like where has all of a sudden 2000 pounds just appeared the reason where it has appeared from is your heart because you've gone i'm open up to this Mm. and i'm open up to the laws of attraction and that's what's happened One of my biggest pieces of advice to say for everyone listening is never say the words I can't. Mm. Never. Because it's, the word can't is such a block off word anyway. It's can't. Mm. You know, it, it's such an ended word. So as soon as you say it, you won't do it. You know, when I was a gymnastic coach as well, when I was a teenager, and I had a lot of kids say, I can't do this, I can't do this. And I say, listen, switch the narrative flip it on its head and say, I can do this. Or say, I am unable to do this right now, but I'm working towards being the best at doing it, mm. right? And when you put those words into your life and you speak them to the universe, it's listening, it listens to everything, mm. right? Everything, then it will give it to you. And no word of a lie, that person, that little kid that said, I can't do a backflip was doing double backflips by the end of the, the semester that we were, that's that I was the teaching. Thing. And that's the thing. You put your mind to it, you visualize it, you're going to do it. I've got chills. You're going to do it, right? Mm. So that's one of my biggest pieces of takeaway advice any 
anything. Don't say the word I can't. I think that's so, like, because even right now I'm doing my dissertation, I hate it and I'm struggling with it, but I know that I'm not gonna, I, I can do it, it's just yeah. gonna take me time and exactly. that's okay, exactly. it's gonna be okay. Yeah. What do you think, talking about manifestation, because this is something I'm so interested in, and yes. it's something I'm quite new to, I only really yes. have got into it in the past like yes. four years or so, and I kind of, you know when you go out of touch with things a little bit, when you're not sure, you kind of lose it, you get bombarded with work and everything, Yes. I've now started to get back into it again because I realised how important it is. What are the key tips you have for manifestation? What's the craziest thing you've ever manifested? My business is the craziest thing I've ever manifested. Or, no, actually, the craziest thing I've ever manifested is Mariah Carey acknowledging my ex- existence. And well, you've got to share that. She tweeted me. <gasps> yeah, so, like, Stop. listen, manifestation is Let's magic. explain the... I, I'm a big believer in magic, right? Yeah. Not, not, like, not like magician magic trick, like, you know, mm. card stuff. I'm a big believer in energy being magic. Mm-hmm. And we can summon the energy that we want in our life, right? Mm-hmm. It's quite simple. As you wake up in the morning, you are groggy, you're annoyed, you've just banged your toe, you, everything then from that day goes wrong, goes mm. south, and you're just like, oh, for God's sake, like, why, why me, why today, you missed the bus, you missed this, da da da, your car doesn't work, you've lost something, everything yeah. happens in that day, everyone annoys you. As soon as you wake up in the morning and you stub that toe and you go, oh, do you know what? No. Not it's gonna today. Be a good Not today, stubby yeah. toe, it's going to be a good day. Your life mm. will change. You, the way that you change your mind and you will change your outcome. It's as simple as that. Mm. If you stay in a negative way, you will live in a negative way. If you stay in a positive mindset, you will stay in a positive mindset. And you know what? The news, don't listen to it. No. Don't need to. Because your life is the news. Mm-hmm. Make your life the news, right? Know what's going on, but your life is the news. So, um, what was the question? What are your craziest things that you've manifested? Okay, yeah, so Mariah Carey. So basically when I was doing my YouTube videos and everything, I used to do videos of me reacting to Mariah Carey's new songs, and I'm obsessed with her lyrics. Mm-hmm. I love her as a person, she's great, but I'm not one of those fans that have like posters on the wall and stuff like that. Like yeah. I just love her as a creative soul. Like, mm-hmm. She's a gift, you know? What Her, one of many uh, amazing songwriters on this well, but for me, her songs resonate the most with me. And the fact that she writes them all herself is just even more. Mm-hmm. So I was reacting to her songs, and then um, I reacted to her, one of her and Jimmy Fallon. He showed it on his show, he showed her, and she tweeted me. But she actually tweeted me for said, I love you, you're hilarious. You have so many, like, little stories yeah. that are just like, what? You know, you know, I don't know if you know this, but when you, when you go for a job interview, and you sit, sometimes they're like a group job interviews, and you sit around yeah. in circles, or yeah. just a circle moment, and everyone's like, say, say something interesting about yourself. Yeah. That's my interesting fact, that Mariah Carey tweeted me. That is an interesting <laughs> I've got many more, but that's one of the ones <laughs> that I'm like, oh my God, that's like, well, I normally say all my festivities, but oh my festivities, yes, Mariah Carey tweeted me. So... One of the craziest things I've manifested in terms of like benefiting me, solely, yeah, like your life, like my like... absolute life, and like completely changing everything is my brand, Nini Organics. Mm-hmm. And the the moment I knew that I had succeeded in it and manifested it is very full circle moment. It gives me chills every time I tell this story. Tell the full story from the very <laughs> beginning. When I was uh, working at Harrods, I used to. Bathing, like bathing, like taking baths for me is my number one way to de-stress, is my number one way to calibrate my chakras and Mm. to get back into my connection, right? Complete full connection from head to toe Mm -hmm. is taking a bath. So um, I was living with my parents at the time and I was having a bath and I was didn't have a brand, didn't have my products. It wasn't even making my own things at that point. I was just using everyone else's brands and I was Mm -hmm. holding a cleanser in my hand and I was going... 
in, in this same bathtub, in this bathtub, right, I was holding a cleanser in my hand, I was looking up at the shower thing, and I was just looking and saying, oh, I love bathing. I was holding this cleanser, and I was like, I am going to have my own cleanser at one point. I'm going to have my own product, and it's going to be in my hands in this bath, mm. right? That was when I was like 19, 20. Mm-hmm. So I was about like 32 or 31, and I was having a bath at Christmas mm-hmm. at my parents' house, and they'd just redone the bath, right? But it's in the same, it's kind of same position and everything. Mm-hmm. they just redone the bathroom. And I was laying in the bath, and I looked up at the same shower head, and I was like, oh my gosh. And at that point, I was holding my cleanser in my hand. Right? That's a My cleanser moment. from Nini Organics. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've done it. I did it. Mm-hmm. I did it. I did it. All these years, I've been wanted to lay in a bath and hold my products and say, that's mine. I've created that, and now I've done it. Mm. So that moment for me was the moment that I knew that this manifestation stuff is real. What do you do? I think, do you have like a step, maybe it's not simpler to do a step-by-step guide and maybe it's more of just like a constant belief that this is going to work. Yeah. Because that was like a 10-year period and I think sometimes I can get, like, for example, with the podcast, it took me two years to even get to where I am now. Yeah. And I think it's it's not going to happen overnight and that's a good thing to realise that it will happen eventually, but it's not happening now. But what are the things that you have, what, how did you manifest it, do you think, I think is what I want to know. Do you know the show Takeshi's Castle? I know, the, I know the name, but I yes. don't know the show. So, okay, well, on the show, I always put it down to this. On the show, they've got, they had this stepping stone game. Like, just type it in on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Stepping stone to Keshi's Castle. Okay. And it's, um, the contestants had to uh, run across these stepping stones, and some of them were solid, and mm-hmm. some of them were bouncy. Mm-hmm. So they, they would fall into the water, right? Mm-hmm. So I look at it as manifesting, you have to follow the stepping stones, right? Imagine you're surrounded by water. You have to follow the stepping stones. Each stone is it's going to be solid, but there is some stones that are going to be bouncy, right? Mm-hmm. So as long as you're constantly on each stepping stone, and even the bouncy ones, you stay firm and you stay solid and you'll be able to get onto the next one, you will be able to manifest whatever you want in your life. Mm. If you get on a bouncy one and you fall into the water, the manifestation is going to stop. You have to continue going, right? Mm. And even if you do fall in the water and you want to get back on that manifesting trip, you have to get back onto that stone and get onto the next step. And the steps are all experiences in life. You have to surround yourself with experiences that make you more wholesome, that make you more of a grounded person, Mm. right? So as soon as you find the love in the smallest things, like that's even walking down the street and touching the bushes and finding that there's life all around you. Find love in the smallest things around you and you'll be able to manifest anything you want in your life. So basically for me, it is a constant thing. I can't just turn around and say, hey, listen, I want a million pounds and I'm going to manifest it right now and tomorrow I'm going to have a million pounds in my bank account, right? Mm -hmm. You have to put the stepping stones in place for you to get that million pounds. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. So as long as that foundation is there, then your manifestation is going to work. And that is what it looks like on top of that, if you're floating on top of the stepping stones, is laws of attraction, positive thinking, you don't say the words you can't, and you believe and visualise yourself in that moment. You know, you visualise it. You do more mood boards. Like, physical mood boards are mm-hmm. really big for me. Yeah, if I really same. want things to happen. A visual mood board. We've got it for Nini Organics. And already on that visual mood board, we've ticked off that some things that I put on there. 
So you need to have this mood board set in place if you truly want to achieve something bigger than yourself, right? Mm. And then at some point, and also never fear it, because that's the thing, it's scary. Why do people not actually do the career they want? It's because they're scared they're going to actually achieve the career that they want. Yeah. That's why they don't do it. Yeah. So you have to not fear it. You ha- Or if you do fear it, embrace it and fall in love with that fear and take it to the next level and make that fear double, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like going diving with sharks, great white sharks, great, crazy fear for me. But like I would still do it in a cage, yeah. obviously. Okay. I don't still... know if I could, my fans know how I feel about sharks Same, right but I, like Jaws ruined my life. Like Jaws ruined my, I can't swim in the sea. I can't even swim in swimming pools. Sometimes even in the bar. <laughs> Hello, there's a shark. It's right? happening. It's happening. Like, but I'm obsessed with them at the same time. I like I can't stop watching Have them. you seen that video where it's the dive in the plastic have. container? Of course I have. <gasps> and the shark comes through and the bottom. And it breaks the container. Yeah. And I'm like, of course I have. But like, no. that's a fear that is so like mad, but I would love to be in that situation. Because I'd love like, to that's feel the, that That's fear, the yeah. experience that we're talking about. Mm. To actually live, like what is life? You know, why are mm. we here? We're here to experience things. You know, that is the, the ultimate divine is to experience things. It, you know, might, you might have a religion in something or anything like that. Whatever you want to believe in, that's your belief. My belief is that the universe is integrated with us. Yeah. And it's a connection, it's a pathway to magic, you know? That's the ultimate connection. That's the ultimate connection. You need to find that connection by having those stepping stones in place and by really focusing on staying on them, going from one to the next to the next to the next. Don't fall off. And if you do fall off, see it as like a challenge to get back on to then go to the next to the next. I think it's really interesting because I think one of my issues is when I, like, thinking of, like, how I'm going to manifest something, how I'm going to create something, I kind of feel like, okay, it's a process. It's like, I think the scientist in my brain is like, it's like a method, I can Mm. follow this and do it. And then I look at my boyfriend and he doesn't do the journaling that I do, he doesn't do the gratuities or anything, Mm. but he is the happiest he has ever been right Mm -hmm. now. He's in a career that he absolutely Mm -hmm. loves. And he's always been, like, he's a very, like, positive person Mm -hmm. and grateful for what he has and he doesn't do the writing down or those types of steps, but mentally he's there with what you were saying, like, that constant positive thinking. and things happen to him like he'll get the job that he wants he'll end up everything just works out and he gets bigger and bigger and bigger and I think that's sometimes in the manifestation kind of the people that sometimes it can get really overwhelming because they're like you need to write this 10,000 list before this and the blah 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 blah. but that's not really the core of what it is the core is creating like a really balanced lifestyle which is what I want to actually chat to you as well about is creating that balanced lifestyle is key to succeeding in the manifestations that you want to happen. Yes. But what can you do to create that balanced lifestyle? Because I think that's something that... Well, first things first is you need to get rid of anything negative in your life. Anything Mm. that brings you down, you need to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And the things that gossip as well, get rid of the gossip as well. Anything that you gossip about or anything like that, the frequency is far too low for you to ever feel the balance. And anything that really brings... We all have things that we love. Mm-hmm. But no matter what that is, we all have things that we love. Really harness those things that you love. You know, how did I become so balanced in myself is because I truly believe that I am 100% connected to who I am as a person. You know, mm-hmm. I don't... I've And I created this saying, basically...
there's a really famous saying from Kate Moss, obviously, nothing tastes as, as good as skinny feels. It's a very negative saying mm. at, at the same time. It, it puts very negative connotations into people's diets and everything. So I went to put a spin on that because I was lo- I, lo- I lost my hair when I was 18. I was mm. losing it when I was 18. I was like, again, why me? I had acne, all this stuff from, yeah. from school. Like, why me? And I was like, one day I was in this shop and I was like, when I was working for this brand and I was like stroking my hair and there was like a white table and it was just falling, falling. I was like, for God's sake, um, this is not festive. And then I was like, but wait, one day I'm going to have to accept this. You know, I'm not going to get a hair transplant. I'm not Mm going to do any of the other things that come with losing your hair. I'm just going to have to accept it. So I don't know how I saw Kate Moss is saying, but I saw it at that moment or a couple of days later, whatever. And I was like, hey, nothing looks as good as acceptance feels. And I was like, now that is a better saying. That's a more positive saying. Mm. If you accept any of your so-called flaws that the world puts on us, then you will love everything about you. So you need to start accepting everything about you that you would consider as a flaw, let's say. Or you might, somebody else might consider you as a flaw. Mm. I mean, we never listen to what those people think or say anyway. No. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you need to start accepting everything to do with you. And once you've got that acceptance for who you are, once you're connected to who you are, and once you've got the well-being down, and well-being comes from meditation, eating healthily, diet plays the biggest role in your mind, like, what you think. You know, I've noticed this recently you, because my yeah. eczema's been flaring up because of stress. And yeah. I feel up my eyes, it's, like, really painful. But then I also recognise that this weekend I was drinking more, I was yes. eating, like, loads of different foods, yeah. which were delicious, and I don't regret doing it, but I'm kind of like, but they are connected. Yeah. And that's the thing to be aware of. And that's, yeah, as long as you know that what you're doing let's say you put it as a vice, let's say, mm. you know, you're going to go and have something that's really lovely, tastes really lovely, but yeah. you know it's a vice for you and it makes you feel a certain way or make you can flare up an eczema. Um, as long as you understand that you're going to do this because you want to enjoy the moment, but mm. you understand the, uh, the implications of it afterwards, then you're still going to find that balance and connection. Because that's the acceptance, isn't exactly. it? You're accepting, you're accepting it. Exactly. And recognising the impact it's going to have exactly. on you. Exactly. So when it comes to diet, um, that's the biggest change for you to find balance. The biggest mm. change that you can do. That's why I created an organic and natural skin food line. Because for me, the our, our skin is our largest organ. You know yeah. what we put on it. You know, not everything gets absorbed. That's a myth. But some things get absorbed, right? So you want to put healthy, organic, natural things onto your body that your body's going to accept. And we're innate with nature anyway. Mm. But Nini's a whole other story. But internally eating food you anything that you hold in your hand look at it as a weighing scale so on one hand um you've got like let's say junk food and on the other hand you've got a fresh salad which where is it going to be on the tipping scale it's going to be all the way up there like let's take it like i'll need that my mm. body's going to love that and your body will accept it and take it in and your body will be fed with the nutrients you know mm-hmm. this is fuel that keeps us going if you eat the junk food you're going to feel a certain way. You might enjoy that moment, that bit of euphoric pleasure at the You feel so lethargic taste, afterwards. You feel lethargic, you? your mind's foggy, you can't get up and do the things you want to do. No. Feed your body the fuel that you would want to feed your best friend or your child mm. or whatever, you know? An absolute, your own God, yeah? Mm-hmm. So feed it the best. Feed yourself like you are the best. You want to be the best version of yourself, and that comes from whole food plants. That's coming back to nature. You know, mm. it's not coming from a cardboard, grey-looking substance. So once you've got that balance down, your your life will just find its way. Exercise, of course, everything positive, basically. Everything that you know is going to be good for you. Exactly, just do it. Just do just... it. And and the things that you know 
that aren't necessarily good for you, that you've accepted, that you're going to do it, you're going to take, you're going to have enjoyment, but it's going to be a separate, it's going to be a different kind of enjoyment that you have from that vice that you may do, mm. you know, it's a separate kind of a, uh, enjoyment and acceptance you're going to have. But just really find on craft the life that you want to live to be the best version of you that you could possibly be, because we're all worthy of that. Mm. We all can achieve that. It's, it's, it is, and the thing is, people say it's hard, it's not, it's actually quite easy. It's just, you need to do it. Yeah, you need to actually. You just have to do it. I think that's the hardest thing. I've seen so many things recently about, so there was like a TikTok where this guy was saying like, oh, people always like congratulate me for being so motivated to do stuff and being so like making myself do it. But I'm never motivated. I'm just determined and I'm disciplined. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to wake up at 3am and go to the gym, but I'm disciplined. I'm going to do it. And I think that's the thing that's important is. It is. As long as it makes you happy as well. I think happiness is, is a key thing. Like, you know, waking up at three o'clock to go to the gym and everything, if that's what makes him happy. Yeah. And that's what gives him the discipline that he wants to craft and create this balanced lifestyle that he feels that he's got, then that's fabulous. Mm -hmm. But for me, you know, waking up and doing a breath work, doing a meditation, doing my cleansing ritual before I get on the phone, before I look at the socials, anything like that, or have my breakfast, go, go for a workout, go for a run, get into the sunlight, get into nature, all that stuff. That's where I really find that kind of like mm. happiness and the joy. And that's key. When you find that at the beginning of your day, then your day's going to go well, and that all comes oh, yeah. with the manifesting. Manifest, manifest, like manifest. it's going, isn't it? But you know, what? sometimes, sometimes I look for those moments where I should be annoyed. But they just don't come because I'm, I'm so trained, I'm so conditioned to be like, it's fine, like it, it's okay. And one thing I always, always say to people when mm-hmm. they say, "Oh, how are you?" is I never say I'm fine. I never say I'm good. I always say I'm amazing. You always want really? to put the I highest think I vibration. Say I'm fine no, you I'm always good. want to put the highest vibration of a word into a sentence that you okay. can when somebody asks you a question about who, how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not feeling amazing, Even say if it's it. Not the thing, just say it. it because you're manifesting that continuing, continuous, amazing feeling that you have within you. In the wellness industry and the manifestation industry, I say industry, industry. you know what I mean? I it's, not, it's not industry, world is a better way to say it. What do you think is the biggest thing that people get wrong in terms of creating a really balanced life for themselves or creating a life where they are truly happy? What do you think is the biggest misconception? Well, what? they lie to themselves. Mm. They lie that this is actually what they want. Some people actually just want to be miserable. Yeah. Some people just actually enjoy living in, in that frequency and that's their thing. Like they just, they want to just not really do much. They just want to be that way. And some people try their hardest to do certain things and to, like, find a balance. Mm-hmm. And they really try. But they're also lying to themselves at the same time. That's probably not their journey. They need to find balance elsewhere, mm. you know. So maybe they're in a career that they don't want to be in, but they're really trying their hardest to make it work for them. But they're lying to themselves. They know that they have to quit that job. And they'll find their balance way easier somewhere else. Yeah. So don't... If you're going to manifest, if you're going to be in this well-being world or if you want to curate this well-being world, every single thing has to fit like a jigsaw puzzle. If that one thing doesn't Mm. fit and you're trying to make it fit, you're lying to yourself, stop. You need to make it fit by actually finding the the pieces, making it work, basically. Yeah, seeing the bigger picture. Yes. So going forward... I found something else interesting about in the self-care candle company thing we all talked about and another part of the session was talking about what we're looking forward to or looking forward like in the next stages in our lives Mm. and you mentioned that you're going to focus on inner child healing Mm. so I want to ask you about what that really means and what that is but also where you see your future for the next month next couple of years where you see Nina Organics growing Mm -hmm. what's the next step you seem to have manifested a life that 
is really incredible and mm. everything that you wanted is coming into fruition mm. and that's like really exciting and kind of how do you keep going with that and what's the next plans really thank you so with the inner child thing that i said when nicole said yeah. like what, what do you want to i can't remember the exact i think question. it's like what do you want to do more of and i said i want to get to know my inner child yeah. more, something like that i am a, the biggest nostalgic person in the whole entire world like i live and breathe nostalgia like it overwhelms me at times Same. as well it really does overwhelm me so i find a lot of comfort in revisiting my childhood and my child days like there's a frequency that I was on back then that I'm on now, mm. you know, and revisiting it makes me feel happy. It doesn't make me feel sad. It makes me feel happy. The only thing that makes me feel like, you know, like, oh, that's a shame is that you can't live those lives. Yeah. There's a long time you can say you can't. You can't live your childhood lives the exact way as you did back then. Do you no. know what I mean? So it's a memory. It's in the past. But it's, it, 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 it's so exciting to revisit it because... The stuff that I know now is like, well, what would I tell that younger self then? Mm. And it's almost like I role play and tell that person. And it almost like heals or does something within. Because it's my story. It's my chapter. It's my journey. Reaffirms the other Exactly. So the frequency gets higher, which makes me feel better. You know? I I was listening to a podcast, the Diary of a CEO podcast. And it was a snippet of it. And I can't remember the exact episode that it was, but I'll link it in the show notes. And this, I think it was a psychologist was talking about the benefits of nostalgia and how nostalgia is something that he also really Mm. struggles with. But he uses nostalgia to his advantage because he looks at the things he really thinks back on and really Mm. loves. And one of the examples he gave was walking from his office to his office to his dorm room and that part of his everyday routine he really craves that he doesn't crave the graduation or the marriage or Mm. those aren't the things you're nostalgic for you're nostalgic for those small snippets of your routine that you don't have anymore and then I was thinking about how that's really interesting because then you can learn how to incorporate that into your everyday life and you can use nostalgia as kind of like a little tool a search and like a fishing rod to fish out the things that you need to include in your life because those are the things that stood out yeah well I I I do that now like I, I used to go into the bathroom as a child and lock the door and just rearrange it or use all the products that my mum had and Mm. just do my rituals. And I now do that every day with Nini Organics. Mm -hmm. I go into my bathroom and I lock the door and I'm there. It's just me, my thoughts, my memories, my love, my joy, my happiness. And I'm doing my uh, rituals. That Mm -hmm. makes me even more connected, you know, makes me even more to the higher power. It's so interesting to think about and I think definitely when you are doing that inner child work it's so important in setting yourself carrying on on this track because a lot of the things that can set you back like a lot of the things I'm facing is like next transition period is actually looking back and thinking about how that is impacting me now and the things that maybe I need to say to my younger self to make me realise that this is actually going to be okay. Yeah. This is going to work out and look it all happened. Yeah, it always it always works out for the best as long as you have the best intentions with when you're mm. and you have got good shoulder head head on your shoulders. Mm. You know, as long as you want to enjoy your time, make things really festive around you, neglect anything negative, then you're gonna only but shine, you know, the brightest. Mm. And everyone else is gonna want some of that star. You know, that's true star quality. I love that. Okay, going forward then, where do you see Nini Organics going? What what do you see your future holding for the next couple of years or what are you trying to manifest? Well, I mean, with Nini, I really want to have my own um, actual spa, like an actual treatment spa place. That would be like incredible. Pool, yeah, like an actual uh, an escape, you know, that you can come to and find that connection, be 100% rooted with Gaia, Mother, mm-hmm. Mother Nature, 
um, and just really fall in love with yourself again through the practice of well-being, breathwork, nature. So I want like a retreat almost. Mm. Um, deep in like some kind of soulful forest or whatever, mm. beautiful views, or even on a beach somewhere. That's the end goal for Nini. Mm-hmm. Like is to have, I mean, the, the current goal is to obviously allow people to know that we exist. We're a ritual-based brand. We are 100% natural and organic in formulation. I formulate everything from scratch. Nothing's a base formula. It's handmade by my, me and my sister each week. And I think that's incredible that you make everything, everything. Like, you know the full journey of where yeah. your product's been because you literally see it. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's taken us years to get our suppliers, to get the ingredients, to get the formulas. Like, the brand sings on the highest frequency when you use it. Mm. When you're using it, you're like, ah, this stuff is different. I've not used anything like this before. And you feel it because, mm. first, you've got me at the behind it, and I am making it. It's that positive energy is going into your products. Mm. You and know? your skin is amazing. Amazing, Thank like you. it is flawless. <laughs> so I feel like the products speak for themselves. You're like a walking advert they for do. it. I am the face of the brand. Oh though. well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you. It's and it's achieved this balance from me, firstly being aligned with it, mm-hmm. but secondly, the products is food for the skin. Skin food. but is there any question you wish I'd asked and anything you want to talk more about before we end the podcast? Um, what's my favourite Mariah Carey song? <laughs> well, answer it. The mic <laughs> well, is yours. Well, it's my all. I've got it tattooed that onto sense. me. That makes sense. I've got my all and dream lover tattooed onto me. I like that. I like Because we call our customers lovers because mm. they're an extension of our love. So... Um, this had the word lover in it, so I thought dream lover, and I love to dream. Um, what would I want you to ask? I'm trying to think of really something really profound, something you know, like, big, like big, like ooh. <laughs> um, do you know what? I will tell you. It's not something you've asked me, but maybe, maybe, maybe I'll. You should, maybe it would be nice for you to ask me. Is there an experience that you remember from when you was bullied at school that really has stuck with you, but you've learned from it? Well, right. the mic's yours. Okay. Please share. So I was, um, I put myself out there. I, ha- I was, I had uh, the start in phase of my acne. So my spots were coming, right? Mm-hmm. But I wanted to be an actor. So I put myself out there and I auditioned for Anything Goes in my school. And I got the role of the sailor because in the audition, I didn't really do well. I mm-hmm. was like, Meh. I didn't put myself out there. I just was like, it was enough for me to even yeah. go up to the audition, right? And at this point, I didn't really have that many friends in school. Right, because mm-hmm. I was trying to shy myself away because of the acne and, and being gay, and trying to understand everything. Yeah. Right, so I once again retreated like I did as a kid, um, and then I had one or two lines. It was super fun, and at the end of the show, when the show wrapped, I was invited to the after show party at mm-hmm. one of uh, this boys. I can't remember the boys. I can't remember whose house it was, but the boys' house that was right close, close to kind of where I lived. Right. Now, there was a back road, that uh, the back way that we could walk from school to where he lived, or like mm. to, the, to lead to the road to where he lived, right? So we went this back, this back way. Now, this back way is important to me because it was the way that I used to come to school because I would avoid everyone because no one really used to go that back way. Mm. And I used to always get to school right on the dot so I didn't have to hang around or see anyone. I would go straight into school, straight into the, the classroom, we'd done the registration, and then go mm. straight into class, right? So I used to um, sometimes get a lift with my mum and I'd get there a bit too early. So I had like 20 minutes to kill. So I'd walk around the field at the top of my school. No one would ever walk this way. I'd walk mm. around the field until it was right at 8.30 when I'd mm. be able to go into school. Like one minute to spare, straight to school, didn't have to see anyone. 
So we'd go this back way. So it held good, happy memories for me. Even though it's quite traumatic hearing yeah, this back, like not... walking to school by myself and trying to waste time to not see anyone. But on those walks, I was, I was you know... You are in your happy I place. I was in my happy place. I was by myself. I was, I was enjoying my own time. I was listening to my own music. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're walking out of the show. The show was great, whatever. Walking out of the show, walking down... Everyone gets ready. Walking down towards this person's house. And I'm walking with this one guy... And this, and this other guy's in front. I'm not going to give names because I don't want to give them any kind of satisfaction. No. <laughs> um, but he, this one guy said, I said to him, oh, you've had your hair cut, it looks good. And then all the while, I've been invited to this party, so I'm feeling my fantasy. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I'm wanted. Like, I, you feel I, like I, part of I feel like I'm part of this. This is great. Yeah. So I'm walking down, I don't think anything of it. I'm walking with this guy and I said, oh, you've had your hair cut, it looks good. And he looks at me and laughs and then runs in front, the guy that was in front talking to somebody else, and went, blah, so-and-so, so his name, blah, 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 let's say his name was Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, Alex, the gay boys, just said that my hair looks good. He's so gay. And at that point, I hadn't come out as gay, and I didn't really connect with being gay within my own oh self, my right? God. So I was like, instantly, instantly, I just shut down emotionally. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. And I can't remember what I'd done in that moment, but I carried on walking with the group to the house party, get to the house party and hid. I hid in one of the rooms for like 10 or 15 minutes, pretending to be on my phone, I think. And at that point it was the Nokia phones <laughs> We could play snakes. Um, and then I left that room and went upstairs to the toilet and hid in the toilet for a bit until someone knocked on the door. Came down that room, went through the um, crowd into the living room and was trying to find anyone that I could could like be with but there was no one there the one girl that I knew was I couldn't find her anywhere and everyone looked like they're having the best time of their life so then I left that crowd went back to the living room picked up my bag and walked out of the house before anyone could see me leave and quickly walked down to the end of the road phoned my dad and said hey can you come pick me up the police have come and shut down the party so he came pick me up with my sister and then I was telling him made up this fabricated story mm-hmm. of the party being shut down because the police came because it was too rowdy. Mm-hmm. And they, none of them ever knew that it was because I just shut down within myself because somebody called me gay on the way back after feeling so invited to this party. And I honestly felt so sad. So sad. It Thank was, you for sharing that's that. Okay. But think... it was, that moment taught me a lot. Yeah. It taught me that... That will never happen again. No. And I will never let that happen again. And it hasn't since, no. you know? If anyone... I, I don't really get, get homophobic abuse. I don't think I ever really have. But if anyone was to ever do it to a friend or do it to me, that person would be put so far in their place, mm. they would be beside themselves. Mm. And not in a negative way, in an educational way. In mm. a positive way, I'll put them in their place, mm. you know? I did do it once when I was travelling, and the guy felt so bad he came up and apologised. And I was like, well, you know, it's fine, but just don't do that again. Yeah. But anyway, even even still, to this day, I will never forget it. Clear as day, how that happened. And it was just one of those really tragic and traumatic moments. Kids are awful. Kids are awful. I can't imagine what kids are like now, especially with social media. Honestly, because you can't even escape them now. You can't escape it. Back then you could escape it. Yeah, it was texting. It was texting. That was it. Or MSM, you had nothing. Now it's social media and you can constantly look at each other's cat. It's too much. Yeah. Well, it's been amazing having you on the podcast. The final podcast question that I'd love to ask you is, if you could only give one piece of advice to my listeners, one piece of life advice to the entire world for the rest of your life, what would that piece of advice be and why? 
every day experience something new that you've never experienced before. Whether that is small or as big, experience something. Mm. Even if that is... Well, firstly, take yourself out of your comfort zone when you do this. Mm -hmm. Like, even if that is you're walking down the street and somebody's got something nice on, go up to them and say, you've got something nice on. Mm -hmm. Or whatever that is. I like that jacket you've got on. Trust me, you'll feel good. But experience so many things that your sponge gets so full that you have to squeeze out and give that experience to somebody else. I love that. Yeah. Okay, before we end the podcast, is there anything that you'd like to add on? Oh, and if you want to check out Nini Organics, please of do. Course. We are at Nini Organics um, on Instagram and TikTok. I don't really use TikTok, but anyway. It's happening. It's happening. We're going to start, We're using, going it. To start using it. Nini Organics is transitioning. Nini Organics. And the skincare is beautiful. It's for everyone and anyone, anyone's skin mood, anyone's skin type. You're going to love it. You're going to fall in love with it. You're, everyone's going to love it. It's an incredible range. I'm obsessed with it. The world is obsessed with it. And hopefully the world will be even more obsessed with it. But you can use code I want Nini for 20% off as well. That's so exciting. I'll be checking it out straight after this. Yeah. There was something that I noticed on your website called the green switch. Yes. And could you just tell me a bit more about that? So if anyone is seriously interested in doing one of the puzzle pieces for starting a more holistic well-being lifestyle, mm-hmm. then I do this thing called the green switch. It's where I swap all of your existing products mm-hmm. to more greener, natural, organic products. That's makeup, skincare, wow. body care, um, health care, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, personal care, I will swap it for a more eco-conscious, sustainable, organic, natural version. That's and that's a, that's a free consultation. We just, 20 minutes online, via Zoom or in person, and we just go from that. Well, I will be putting the link to that in the show notes because I think yes. you'll get loads and loads of subscriptions from that. Please. Thank you for being here. This conversation's been really, really brilliant. I think the audience are going to absolutely love what <laughs> you've had to share with us. Thank you. And make sure you go and follow Nini Organics on all of their social media platforms so you can see what they have coming because you don't know it yet, but it's really, really, really exciting <laughs> and you'll definitely want to go follow it. Thank you and I'll speak to you soon. I love you. Bye. Bye.